0: love those words this is my story just say those this is my story you know this summer as Robin and I started our story um, we took some time off and one of the things I've learned about stories is if you look at your story like this you're not gonna have much of a story but if you look at your story like this you're gonna have a great story and as we went into this summer um, all we knew is we were supposed to rest and through that process, God starts speaking to us as we talked to our friends and our mentors and our elders. And there's this common theme of it's time. It's time for you to step out of one season and step into another season and deal with the grieving that that will bring me personally, but deal with the hope that's much greater in stepping into that new season. And as we walk through that process, um, we, we talked to obviously tens of mentors and elders and people across the nation. And one day I called one of my good friends, Dr. John Cross, and I was just telling him the story of what we were going through. And he said, well, if you feel like you're supposed to step out and step into a new season, would you be open to me talking to Pastor Ed about us partnering our churches and us doing this thing together? And I said, absolutely. And within 10 minutes, I mean, I got a phone call back saying, hey, we want to talk. And so Robin and I flew into Dallas and spent, a few days with Pastor Ed and Lisa and the team. And I mean, it was just, we sat in one of the church experiences and I turned to her and I said, this is our church. This is our church. This is what God's always intended us to look like and be like when we live into our potential. And so with that, I started talking to our elders and our board and our mentors here, and they all agreed unanimously that this is your time, Clark. And this is the answer of what to do. And so, I want to introduce you today to my senior pastor and our senior pastor, Pastor Ed Young. Thank
1: you, Mark. I love you, Lord. love you, too. Clark, just stay up here. Wow, it's great to be here at Journey Church. And, and I want to tell you something. Clark and Robin and their family have done an absolute magnificent job over the last 17 years. And the amazing thing about this is, we are the church and we're simply blending churches, Clark will continue to do, I believe he and Robin, both incredible things for God because at Fellowship Church, Clark is going to help us with church development internationally and also nationally and some other projects that that, uh, uh, Clark and I have talked about and who even knows what these projects are, Clark. But Clark, I want to honor you and thank you. you for this time and welcome. Journey church into the fellowship family. Well, thank you. Thank Connor. you. We Connor. love you. Love you. Too. Pastor Clark Mitchell. Please be seated. My name is Ed Young, and I'm pastor of Fellowship Church, and we have a new name. It's called Fellowship Norman. That's the new name of the church. As I said, you know, Clark and I will be teaming up to do a lot of exciting things together. But I'm telling you what, the future is so, so bright right here in this incredible location. Now, you might be saying, well, what is Fellowship Church? Who is Fellowship Church? Where have you been, where are you, where are we going? Well, I'm glad you're thinking those questions. If you'd walked up to me before we started Fellowship Church years ago and said, okay Ed, here's what Fellowship Church is going to look like, I would've gone, You're crazy! No way! But as I think about Fellowship Church, it's a God thing. Truly, God has done it all. Thousands and thousands of lives have been changed by taking the message of Jesus Christ and sharing it in a creative and compelling way. After all, we're made in the image of God. God is all about creativity. Thus, the church should be the most creative entity in the universe. It's really been amazing to see how our church has has gone from one church in one location to one church in many locations. If you think about it, that's the story of the New Testament. One church in many, many locations. I think about our army of volunteers as they serve in so many different areas at Fellowship.
0: Fellowship has helped us have a deeper relationship with Christ. It's helped us develop meaningful relationships in our connect group. I don't know where we would be without Fellowship Church. FC Kids has made such a positive impact on our children.
1: In FC Kids, we're building into the next generation. Our children's curriculum that we write in-house is used in over 5,000 churches worldwide. Through the mix, our student movement, we're raising up new leaders and difference makers. Alaso Ranch is one of the great retreat centers of America. Glossier Ranch is my favorite place to be during
0: the summer. Every year I spend there, I grow closer to my relationship with Jesus.
1: We have our Creative Church Conference. Three C's, and it's called the C3 Conference. At C3, we have men and women, young people, who lead and talk about the local church and how it is the difference in the world today. We've served over 11 million meals in Haiti. Nicaragua, and Guatemala.
0: These kids are experiencing your generosity and faithfulness over the past eight years. They are getting nutrition, education, Bibles written in their native language, and so much more.
1: I think about so many people that we help as we become the feet and the hands and the eyes of Jesus. At Fellowship, it has been and always will be about the one one story one life one prayer one life changed at a time and the journey has just begun i want all of us to stand to our feet here and in all of our different environments and i want us to give the mitchell family a crazy round of applause and a standing ovation for the sacrifice, for the vision, for the leadership, for the creativity, for the innovation, and now for this amazing partnership. Please be seated. I love to watch people talk because 93% of all communication is nonverbal. We just involved ourselves in a non-verbal vibe, clapping, the standing ovation, honoring a great soldier of God, gestures. So often gestures say things that I just can't say. As I've been walking around this beautiful complex, I've watched people talk. And I've been checking out your gestures. Some are like, I saw a few like, others were like, a few were like, and on the freeway, I saw some gestures that I can't do from this stage. (laughs) Gestures. Motions have meanings. They really do. Our God made us in his image, thus we have this desire to communicate, do we not? And one of the ways we communicate is through gestures. So I thought we would study over the next couple of weeks here at Fellowship Church, I thought we would study gestures. Because gestures have a deep and profound meaning. What I might think is just, yeah, peace, man. Or, what I might think as no big deal, bye. Those are packed with meaning. So, gestures mean something. Our motions have meaning. Say that with me. Our motions have meaning. Yeah. And just watch over the next several weeks, just watch people's gestures, you know. <sighs> Gestures, gestures are motions, path, meaning. I was thinking back in my life, you know, thinking way back in the past and thinking about gestures. I thought, you know what, the, 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 the first set of gestures I ever learned, I learned in church. And you probably know this, but, but, but would you please do this with me? You've probably seen this before. I learned this in Sunday school. Here's the church. Oh, you know it. There's the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. Now, for it to work, you got to wiggle your fingers because my Sunday school teacher would say, that means life, that people are connected and together. Here's the church, there's the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. I remember that. I mean, I don't remember the lesson the next week or the next week or the next week, but I remember that. Our motions have meaning. Here's the church. What, what does that mean? Here's the church. We are the church. We're carriers of the church. Because the moment someone becomes a follower of Christ, we're born again into the family of God, the church is the body of Christ. We're family. Thus, we carry the church. You're a carrier. I'm a carrier of the church, and that's something that should stun us and stagger us and give us great accountability and responsibility, but it's our foundation. The church is our foundation. Here's the church, that's our foundation. One day Jesus was talking about this and he compared the church to a rock. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus said, on this rock, on this rock foundation, I will build my church, and not even death will ever be able to overcome it. Yeah. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, St. Paul wrote, For no one can lay any foundation, there's the word again, other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Our foundation is Jesus Christ. This church is built on the rock, Jesus Christ. Who are we about? What are we about? Jesus Christ and his word, his word. What I love about Clark is he's a man of his word and a man of God's word. Over the 17 years when Clark has had a question, he doesn't say what do I feel, what do I think, or what does this group, what does the word of God say? And we're people under the word of God, it's our authority, it's our truth. Isn't it funny how, how people these days say, well, that's your truth, or that's your truth, or that's my truth. That's really false. You have opinions. That's your opinion. That's not your truth. I have my opinion. Opinion is different than the truth. Your opinion is one thing. The truth is another. For example, I could say, my opinion is, okay, my opinion is tomorrow morning when I go to Chick-fil-A, because they're closed on Sundays, my opinion is when I go to Chick-fil-A tomorrow and order a 100% Angus beef sandwich, my opinion is, even though I order that in Chick-fil-A, my opinion is they serve the best beef anywhere, but my opinion really doesn't matter. Even when I order it, I'm sure the, 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 the girl will go, My pleasure. I know that'll happen, but, but that's just my opinion. The truth is Chick-fil-A don't serve no beef. Chicken. So it doesn't matter how strong, oh yeah, that's my strong opinion. That's truth to me. No, it's not truth, Ed. That's your opinion. So the beautiful thing about the body of Christ is we're based on Jesus. And it's not about someone's opinion. It's not about someone, well, I think, no, no, no. It is about the word of God. We're built on the rock. Now, when I was driving around today, I saw a truck, a cool pickup truck, and they had a foundation company ad on the side of the truck. Whose truck is that, the foundation company? Somebody has it. All right, I love that. This guy right here, what's your name, sir? Zach, I guarantee this guy right here has forgotten more than anyone in here knows about foundation. And Zach will tell you, man, the foundation is critical. you got to build your house on a great foundation. And Zach can go in there because he's under attack and he can see if, if, if the foundation is like off or is jacked up or whatever and he can fix your foundation. There's nothing like a solid foundation. Jesus is our foundation. It's like maybe you crossfit, or maybe you're into bodybuilding or powerlifting or whatever. Have you ever seen these guys walking around the gym, they look like a martini glass? You know, big ol' upper body, a little teeny martini glass legs? Well, they've not done, you know, squats. I mean, anyone will tell you the best exercise to build a solid foundation if you're going to be strong and buff, ripped, stoked, whatever it is, you've got to work out on the foundation. So I want you to notice something. Here's the church, the rock, that's right, It's built on Jesus, our foundation. Question. And this is a question God will ask you one day, but I thought I would preempt God. I really can't do that, but let's just say I could. Here's what God's going to ask you one day. Question. What are you doing with the church? One day, when we clock out of here, when our ticket is punched, God's going to look at you and me and go, what did you do with my church? Because the only thing, he ever built, Jesus ever built, was the church. That's it. So here's the church. That's our foundation. There's the steeple. That's location, the steeple, the steeple. There are a lot of steeples in our land today, a bunch of steeples, but a lot of big steeple, few people churches. Have you noticed that? But a steeple's cool because the steeple goes, whoa, here I am. There's the church. And I love, with this location, how it's all freeways, and you can see it. Wow, okay, I see the church. As I said earlier, you're carriers. I'm carriers of all of these things. I'm carriers of the fact that, that the rock is Jesus. I'm carrier of the fact that, that, what I'm located, and Jesus is located. Check this out in my life. The Bible says this. The Bible says our bodies are a temple, a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit of God. In other words, my body is a church where Jesus lives. He lives within me, so I'm a carrier of that. I'm a carrier of the church. So, so the foundation, ba-boom. No martini glass legs. No, no, no. Jesus is my rock. That's the foundation. The location. I have Jesus with me. He's with me. He's inside my life. And that's how someone becomes a follower of Christ. You have to ask Jesus into your life. Jesus said in Matthew five again, verses 14 through 16, he said, you're the light of the world. In fact, he says, bringing out the God colors in the world. God's not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this as public as a city on a hill. It's It's so funny how the world is up in our grill all the time. I mean, they don't care about offending us. Why not stand? When I say, okay, this is it, I'm on the rock. This is my foundation. My location is Jesus. And Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. We have this opportunity. I went to Las Vegas uh, for the first time maybe 10 years ago, and my wife and I, Lisa, were, were, were driving down the strip, and I was like, Lisa, I've never seen signage like this in my life. Blinking signs and billboard signs and signs on people's backs. And I'm like, wow, the signage. Then I said, Lisa, Las Vegas has nothing to say, but they know how to say it. The church, we have everything to say. And so often, we don't know how to say it. Question. And again, God is going to ask you and me this question Is this your location? Or is it just part of a rotation? Yeah, I'll, I'll show up once every four weeks. Yeah, I'll show up once every six weeks. If there's a cool series happening, and in fact, four weeks from now, we're doing a series called Wrestling. Our special guest, two of them, The Undertaker, Ric Flair, and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Oh, I'm coming to that. Now I'm not gonna show up for gestures, but I'll be there. Man, nature boy, woo, I'm there. If I am going to discover the greatness that God has for my life, I've got to build my life on this foundation. And the location has got to be my foundation as well. It can't just be a part of that that rotation. Here's the church. That's the foundation. Here's the steeple. I'm telling you the location. So when people look at you and me, they should go, huh, wow, something's different about him. Open the doors. I love that part, open the doors. You know what that means? That's, that's basically the invitation. Open the doors. Doors everywhere. Doors here, doors there, doors everywhere. I love this facility because there's so many different doors. Doors. Every time Jesus talked about something metaphorically, it had to do with penetration. Think about it. He said, I'm salt. Salt penetrates food. I'm leaven. Leaven penetrates food the bread. I'm water. Water penetrates the soil. I'm light. Light penetrates the darkness. I'm the door. Well, what was he talking about when he said that? Was he saying, I am a door, literally? Well, let's see what he said. John chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. I am the door, Jesus said. Not a door, not one of the doors. No, I am the door. Whoever, and I love that, whoever, we're a church of the whoever. 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 Lisa and I went to a grocery store grand opening several months ago. This grocery store was really cool, is really cool. And it has the ubiquitous electronic doors. And I watched people from all walks of life. Different socioeconomic levels, different races. They would walk up to that electronic door. <laughs> The door never said, "Up, stop! You're too wealthy. Stop! You're the wrong skin color. Stop! Do you realize what you did last night? No. You have faith. Whoever stepped on the pad, I don't care where you are today. Jesus wants to meet you where you are." You take a step, zzz, zzz, because Jesus said, I am the door. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Rescued, right? Rescued, saved. He'll come in and out. That means he'll be safe. And find pasture, satisfied. Freedom always has fences. Fences. People say, oh, I just want ultimate freedom, man. I just want to do whatever I want to do. No, no, no. That's not freedom. That's chaos. For example, God builds fences around marriage for a reason. Marriage. It's a shelter for our passions and purpose. It's it's, it's a shelter that reflects Christ's relationship with his people. Powerful. There are fences in marriage. There are fences around families that God has placed. There's fences around our desires. Fences for a reason. So, we walk through the door, and we're saved, we're safe, we're satisfied. I love the picture behind this, because Jesus was talking about a shepherd. Because back in the day, a shepherd, let's say he was in the wilderness, he would make a sheep fold. He would use, like, like trees and bushes and rocks and things to make this enclosure The sheep would go in for the night. There would be an opening, and the shepherd would literally lie down and become the door. So the sheep couldn't go in or out unless they went through and over the shepherd. So when Jesus said, I am the door, he was saying, I'm it. I am it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You want to know peace, you want to know forgiveness, it's through the door. Have you walked through the door? It's the invitation. Here's a question. Who have you extended an invitation to? Who have you invited? Who are you praying for? Who have you engaged? Who have you said, you know what? God has placed me on your heart God has put me and, and, and you're in my mind and, 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 and I want to walk through that door to talk to you about walking through the door. Because if you pray high-risk prayers like that, God will bring about invitations to share you and share him with others that you meet. Invitation. You in a couple of moments, I'm going to give you an invitation. I'm going to give you a chance to invite Jesus into your life. But in reality, the invitation is uh, predetermined by the invitations that you've given people during the week. It's great for me to say, okay, you have an opportunity right now to, to, to give Christ your life, to open the door of your life to Jesus. You have an opportunity. Okay, great. But for the most responses... For, for, for the most people to come into the family, you've got to be doing the work to invite, so do I. Invitation, invitation. Last one, here's the church. Do it with me again. That's the foundation. There's the steeple. That's the location. Open the doors, invitation, and see all the people. you got to wiggle the people. That's salvation. The people are alive. The people are connected. The people are in relationship. The people are in community. See all the people. Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 and following. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to, say it with me. Say it again. Rescue us. From the present evil age. The prophet Isaiah said over in the Old Testament when the people cry to the Lord for help, he will send them a Savior who will rescue them. Another question. When was the last time you shared your rescue story with someone? I mean, you were rescued, so was I. We were saved. You mean you're not going to share that with someone? Because the rescue story has kind of some elements to it. Like I was drowning. I was going under. And someone shared with me what Jesus did for me. He extended his hand to me, rescued me by grace through faith. And now here's what's happened. So before the rescue, I was drowning. I got rescued, and now here's what's happening. I promise you, if you pray, hey, God, just simple prayer, God, give me an opportunity to share my rescue story. I'll bet you, cash money, over the next seven to 14 days, you'll have a chance to do that. It doesn't mean you have to have the person bow. It, at, at, in your boardroom and, 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 and repent right there but it means God will give you opportunities to share and engage and invite them into this relationship and the great thing about the adventure of the Lord is you can feel and know the Holy Spirit's nudging you and you take a step out, wow, this is, this is right you, you take that righteous risk and it's like, wow, I'm in the process of the rescue I love to fish. You know, fishing is a biblical sport. Hope you know that. Jesus said, Followers fish. And people say, Ed, what do you like to fish for? If it has fins and scales, I'll chase it. Even if it doesn't have scales catfish, alligator gar. Well, gar has a big scale, but the kind of weird scales. I'll fish for it. I was fishing in the ocean uh, one day a couple of years ago in a 16 foot boat. Had a great day fishing. Sun was setting. We were turning into the marina. The marina was right there, I mean, from, from me to the back wall. And I happened to look to my left, and over the roar of the engine, I saw a boat. And then I saw a guy thrashing and splashing about 100 yards behind the boat doing this. I told my friend, hey, Bo, 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 something's wrong with that guy, man. Either a shark is attacking him or he's drowning. So we cruise over there. And the dude is drowning. Problem. He's bigger than The Undertaker. This dude was like 6'8", seriously, 340. I'm thinking, how can we get him in the boat? He's going to capsize. We're going to drown trying to rescue this guy. And he was like slurping down salt water, waving frantically, panicky. So we just grab. I grabbed one paw, my friend grabbed the other, and we drug this behemoth into the boat, throwing up. He was like, thank you. Thank you, thank you for rescuing me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then, when he got his composure, I'll never forget this. We drove to his boat. He jumped from our boat to his boat. And I looked back, and he went back to fishing. So then, we cruised into the marina. And, you know, we're no wake zone. Because, you know, you can't throw a wake. So, you know, I'm going, man, look at these boats in this marina. I mean, there's some sick boats in this marina. And I see this one boat. This boat, easy, is hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I see Mr. CrossFit standing on the bow. I mean, this guy's ripped, eight-pack, you know, standing there flashes, the million-dollar smile. He waved at us. I'm thinking, huh, that's that's interesting. We just rescued a guy, and this guy, you know, was right there. If he had looked, he would have seen the guy drowning, but he was waving at us. And then his, hopefully his wife, girlfriend walked up, and she had on the resemblance of a bikini. I've seen more cotton in an aspirin bottle than what she had on. But anyway, he then slapped her on the rear. And I thought to myself, wow. That's like most churches I know. The marina mentality. Tied up. Anchored. Smiling, waving, it." whacking each other on the rear while people are drowning and going to hell all around us. We are not a marina. We're not a yacht club. We're a rescue society. Who in your life is drowning? Who in your life is waving frantically? Who? Here's the church. There's the steeple. Open the doors and see all the rescued people. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, as our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to pray a prayer. And this needs to be a bold prayer, I believe, for many of you here. Because God has supernaturally synchronized us connecting today. So, if you've never prayed this prayer, you can pray this prayer right now. And, and I want everyone here to pray this prayer with me, even though you've prayed it before. When you pray this out loud, you give people the confidence to say this prayer. So, just say this with me Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I confess that to you. I turn from my sins. And I turn to you, Jesus. I believe that you died on the cross for all of my sins. And right now, I ask you to come into my life. I reach out and take your nail-pierced hand. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for coming into my life and making me a part of the Rescue Society, the church. If you prayed that prayer with me for the first time in your life and you really meant business, I want you to lift your hand as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. All right. Down front. I got you, man. Awesome. Two, three, four. Many. Anyone else? Right there. I got you. I got you. It's awesome. About an 11-year-old kid. Amazing. What a great time. Anyone else? Anyone else? In the back? Yep. Others. Right there. Any, anybody on the side? Great. Let's give everybody that just raised their hands a crazy round of applause because the Bible says there is a heavenly hoedown going on right now because people came into the family of God. Gestures. Lifting your hand. Gestures. Gestures again. Clapping. Amazing. And it's my prayer as we continue this adventure together, Clark, that we'll continue to live out. Here's the church. I'm the church, man. Because I'm a part of it. Because of Jesus. That's my foundation. There's a steeple, the location. People should look at you and go, Whoa, I, I see where she's located. I, I see where he's located. The invitation. Open the doors and see all the people, the salvation and the multiplication of this, his church.